hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those days are gone now. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. All Things Comedy Podcast. I'm in Detroit. Came home from my nephew's graduation, sitting in traffic with my mom. Say hi. Hello. There it was. She's eating a mint, so we'll have to wait till she crunches it up. But my youngest nephew graduated high school. We had a great day, right? It was a great day. It was a great day. It was beautiful. Beautiful. He did a great job. He walked. He walked and talked. He barely smiled. Could have cared less about the graduation ceremony. Right? All he cared about was his all-night party. And the party they had the night before. Right, so he's basically on a party trail. Right. And he is taking a gap year, they call it. Cameron's taking a gap year. How do you feel about that, Ma? I think it's great. He's got no rush. He wants to play hockey, and then he'll go to college here. And when uh, he's done next year, he can make his choice. Exactly. He's already he's only, getting... He's only 17 years old. What's his rush? Right. What's the rush? If I would have known then what I knew now, I would have taken a gap year. You did take a gap year. <laughs> you were just in college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. I actually did... I took five gap years. Yeah, I you, just happened to be enrolled at University of Arizona. Yeah. You and your brother took gap years for five years each. <laughs> That's ten years of gap. Came, yeah. I came out and became a comedian, and he went into his own company. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't go right into his own company. He started working for... Uh, for, for Dad. Right. Took over my dad's company. Drove a dump truck, scrap metal, fresh out of, out of college... Didn't even finish college at college. Had to go do his his courses. Took over the family business. Yes, he did. Kept it rolling. Kept it rolling. Young iron and metal. Scrap metal. Very tough business for a young kid to be in. Since it's mostly older... Older. Old Jews and Italians in their 60s and 70s who've been doing it forever. And in walks a 19-year-old. Right. And they're trying to get him... To bargain, which he wouldn't. So he did a great job. He worked his butt off. They're not trying to get him to bargain. They were trying to take his, take our accounts. And uh, you don't get our accounts. No. We had to make a couple phone calls. Some couple, couple. They took my brother. Right. They took him to a meeting. Got sat down at a meeting. Some one of my dad's friends stood up at the meeting, said, "This is Sam Young's kid. Don't try to poach his accounts. Don't try to take his, you know, take any of his business. Or if you do, you will be out of business." And that was it. My brother was in business. One person did try to poach an account, right? Somebody tried to yes, poach an account. He's out of business. And he's out of business. He's lucky he's breathing. <laughs> yeah. My mom is like Scorsese. <laughs> It's like Joe Pesci's mom in Goodfellas. She knows everything that goes on, but yet she still just makes the soup. But yeah, my brother he ran the he ran Young Young Iron and Metal. He did a great job. 
somebody along the way tried to poach a client. We had to make a phone call to an old friend of ours, and that was it. They they didn't take the account. My brother kept running business and making money and keeping the business afloat. It's a very it's a very heavy thing. You know, it's, it's the things that you don't think about. If, God forbid, a parent passes away or, a, you know, family has a company and they don't know who's going to run it and there's not talk about that, you know, because my dad passed away at 47 years old, so he was so young that you don't ever think that that's going to happen. And he, it was his company. And so there wasn't a lot of talk before that about what would happen. But there was, you know... And you, and you boys were both in college at the time. Right, we were both in college. And then when I came home, you know, I feel like Dad gave us one last lesson in scrap metal. Remember huh. when he took us to the yard? Yeah. So my dad, are you cool if I tell the tell sure, story? Sure. So my dad is basically on oxygen, and he's in bed, and he's got pancreatic cancer, and his days are numbered, and he it's just, it's the worst thing you can ever imagine, especially when your dad's your hero. It's just the worst thing you can imagine for a kid. So I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm 19 or 20. My brother's 18 or 17. And he tells me to go get the shoe box. He's on an oxygen tank. He's very, you know, he's having a hard time breathing. He's, this is terrible, you know. And his friends before that had brought over a television set, a giant TV, a big screen TV at the time. And put it in his room so they could all come over and watch TV with him because they all like to just kick it together. But one day my dad calls me down and he says, go get the shoebox. And I didn't even know we had a shoebox. So above your shoes in the closet is a shoebox full of money. Darn if I had known that. (laughs) (laughs) You knew about the shoebox. No, I didn't. Yeah, right. Dad (laughs) Dad hid a shoebox in the closet full of cash and you had no idea. Uh Uh-uh. Well, I had no idea either because I used to see like $100 bills around the house all the time. And every right. now and then I would take one out of the sock drawer or the underwear drawer. <laughs> I never knew about the shoebox. So my dad so dad says, go get the shoebox. So I get the shoebox. There's probably $75,000 in a shoebox. He tells me to put 15000 in an envelope and we're going to go see Vern. <laughs> Don't his last name. No, 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 no. No names. We're going to go see... A friend, a friend who's been in the business forever, and um, I put the money in the envelope, and we get in the car, and we roll down to the yard. And my brother's in the car, and Dad basically says, "Go inside, see the guy, and the guy will tell you what to do, and he'll tell you where to give him the money." I walked inside. I saw this guy who I'd known for years. He asked how Dad was doing. I said, you know, he's old. dad didn't want anyone to know, you know, what was really going on. And I basically walked in. He gave me a hard hat. I took a hard hat, walked to the back of the yard. And in the middle of, like, the loud yard of cars, you know, being crushed and scrap metal being poured and brass and steel being shoveled and all these loud sounds, he just yelled, Now! And I handed him an envelope, and he stuffed it down his pants. And he, I'll never forget because he had his shirt tucked in, but he had like a chubby, he was kind of chubby. He was chubby. You know, and he just stuffed the envelope in his pants. So he had 15 grand right there in his pants. And he said, okay, let's go back. We shook hands. We went back, and I gave him the hard hat back. I went back in the car. Dad said, how'd it go? I said, it went great. Got the money, and that's it. And I felt like that was like a passing of the baton moment from a father to his kids to yeah. say, if you ever take over this business, just understand the way business is done. You know? 
And it's not a, it's, it's the way every business is done for the most part. I mean, it's not done that way anymore. Right. Scrap metal in the country is not, it's just notoriously, you know, regulated now. The government came in, they regulated it. There's not like a lot of cash going back and forth. People are selling it overseas to China and Russia. It's a different game. But that was, uh, and then when dad passed away, Rob took over the company and ran it for a while until we sold it. And it was a heavy burden on my brother. It was a heavy, you know, Rob is such a sweet person. And my my brother loves everybody. And everybody loves him. And he'll talk to you for seven hours straight. Right. You know? He'll talk to a tree. He'll talk, I've seen him talk to trees. <laughs> We've gotten off planes in Florida. He'll talk to a cab driver. Before you know it, he's got the cab driver's number. And his making, private number. Private number, <laughs> and they're making coffee plans. He just has a curiosity and a love for people like you've never seen. But that business at the time was too cutthroat and hardcore for him for to kid. keep, for a kid to keep rolling in it. And... You know, it was just, it was a very heavy moment, but, you know, you power through it, and the older you get, you see more people going through shit. Our family just unfortunately went through it early, like all of it early. True. You know? And sometimes people are like, no wonder you're a comedian. You've seen so much tragedy. Uh I was funny before, I I, I wanted to be a comedian before people started dying. (laughs) You know what I mean? It didn't take like... It didn't take didn't, tragedy No, did not To make our family funny No I was funny long, long before you guys <laughs> By the way, my mom is so fun I'm trying to get my mom to be disciplined I'm trying to get her to understand That there's a huge market out there For her to write her funny chapters in her Like she should have a book And it would be a hit Or but she should have the a jackasses that I've dated in the past Exactly. I mean, my mom wrote a story one time about a guy that showed up at the door with a toupee slipped to the side who said he was six feet. He showed up at 5'3", and all she could think about was, where can we go to eat where nobody will see you? Right? (laughs) That's exactly what happened. Yeah, he said, you could choose any place you want. So I found the most obscure restaurant I could. (laughs) Where where you knew you would see nobody. Right, exactly. Did you see anybody? Nope. At all that night, you didn't run into one human not being. One, what, not one person. How'd you no. know where to go? Or you just picked a restaurant. Because I knew, re- that I, you know, you pick a restaurant that you know nobody goes to that you know. <laughs> you know? How'd you that know? dinner go? It went real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you, you knew you were never going to go out with that guy again. Not a chance. I told you the story. Yeah, he didn't walk you to the door. He didn't walk me to the door, and I could have cared less. And then he called me and said, I have to just tell you why I didn't walk you to the door. I said, why? <laughs> he said, he had to go to the bathroom. He was too embarrassed to ask if I could, if he could come into it, my house. And I'm like, oh, please, give me a break. By so the way, that was the end of that. Yeah, that's the end of that. By the way, that's no excuse anyway. You can walk no. to the door and go back to your car. Please. Clown. Anyway, please. I told you, Ma, that there is a market out there. For this, for this guy just cut us off. There's a market. Oh, look at this. What? This guy. Well, he's got no gas, probably. Um, there's a market out there, mom. For you could have a best-selling book for people mm-hmm. 
women especially that are over 60 who are in the dating world who have gone through things who are like plowing through life and like getting through it is a pathetic, traumatic event it, it's a pathetic world it's 70 years old to go on a date it is pathetic you know like all these men who are married or what do you call it divorced and then they want to talk to you about their ex-wives and how they don't get along with their children and whatever who cares none of my business <laughs> You want to take me up? (laughs) I know what you're about to say. She's about to say, you want to take me up for a dinner? Shut up and pay. I mean, we're we're at graduation yesterday. Kids are graduating. It's a huge thing for people's lives. Every time they announce a kid's name, a family cheers. Finally, finally, the family behind us cheered so loud. My mom just turned around and goes, "What did you say? It's just high school. They just graduated high school. What's the big deal?" (laughs) I mean, she's supposed to graduate high school. Right. That's exactly what you said. You go, "What's the big deal? You're supposed to graduate high school." See, my mom's got Chris Rock level jokes and isn't telling them. If we could get you over your fear of speaking in public, I'm telling you, mom, I'd be great. Over, you'd be unbelievable. I would be Tony Fields. You'd be Tony Fields. <laughs> Very few people will know who that is, but I that's know. an old school female comedian. Was she Jewish? Yeah, she would be. I'm funny. Did she do that type of humor? That like, oh yeah, quick, oh. quick she Yiddish banter. Look up, look her up one time. Seriously, she was fabulous. Did you ever watch Pat Cooper? Yeah. He was with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, he was hilarious, he was, right? His, he was his opener. Right, he was real funny. Mm-hmm. Super Italian. I hooked him up with tickets because he's friends with one of our... He's, he's still with, around? He's alive. Wow. And he's friends with a friend of ours in Vegas and wanted to go see Sebastian. So I hooked him up with tickets with my buddy Ralphie and, and he took Pat Cooper to meet Sebastian. So Pat why Cooper. would why would Pat Cooper need to be introduced for any to anybody? I mean, he's a legend. No, no, he it wasn't like he was. No, no, he was a fan. Of, he he thought Sebastian was hilarious. Oh, no, I'm saying that he, he, he just wanted to meet him. I, By the I, way, Sebastian wanted to meet him too. He was funny as heck. Yeah, I mean, great he was, storyteller. He was Frank Sinatra's opening guy for years and years. This yeah, wasn't so bad. So my mom used to go to Vegas with my dad and see Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. You like you saw a couple of those shows, oh, right? Oh yeah, big time. They used to do a uh, benefit for the UNLV, and it was Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Tony Fields, um, you name it. I mean, Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis. I've seen him. Buddy Hackett. Oh, Buddy Hackett was my buddy. I have his poems at home. Didn't you, what happened? My, didn't you call his room at the yes, hotel? Yes, I did. I called him. Because he was so funny the night I saw him. I called the, I think it was the Riviera. And I said, can I please speak to him? And I said my name. And they thought I was Dean Martin's daughter. He has a daughter named Gail. So they put <laughs> me right through to his room. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry to bother you. He goes, don't be sorry. I love it. He said, you know, when you're on the road... Nobody wants to talk to you. They're afraid. And he said, I, just, I was coming to uh, Detroit. He was coming to Detroit. And he said, when you come to Detroit, when I come to Detroit, come backstage and introduce yourself. So I did. Oh, I thought he gave you the poems in Vegas. He did. He, he oh. wrote these poems and he handed them out to the audience. 
poems that he wrote were beautiful. And uh, we're going to have to stall this. we got to go get my car fixed. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this will just be a short, fun podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll send this It would one be out. a lot funnier if you had somebody who knew what they're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to go into the service center. Uh, do I swoop around the building? I don't know. My mom woke up supposedly with there's a dent in the back of the car. She doesn't remember anybody hitting it. She doesn't know where she was when it, was it got down hit. In the, in the parking lot. It's not like I have dementia. <laughs> you definitely don't have dementia. You definitely don't. Can I go this way? I have no idea. I've never done this. Alright. We're going to get my mom's truck fixed. And I'm driving her. I picked her up today, took her to class, her exercise class. In the pool, which is very hardcore. Then we had lunch at Old School Coney Island. My buddy Nick, who owns the place for 42 years. Uh, legend in the whole, just legend in Southfield, in Detroit. And uh, now we're going to get the Honda, esti- an estimate on the Honda. Should I go in here, you think? No. Go down. Employee entrance only. Okay. Go that way. Um, anyway, Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Quick Detroit podcast. Say goodbye, Ma. Goodbye. That's my mom, Gail Young. Look for her book when it comes out. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be called or when it's going to be done, but we're going to make sure she gets it. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about oh. what I did. The one time I'm one, a man two. now. Check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. No sound. time. Getting down now. now. Take me back uh, when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry Take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now.